got a surprise for you. You've got to wait till the end of the service. So, um, invite you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter nine. Luke chapter nine. We're going to be focusing on verse one or fifty-one, but so that you would understand it better in context. Let me read that uh, that portion of Scripture. Luke chapter nine beginning with verse 51, that's on 868 of your pew Bibles, if you're using the, the smaller one. But hear the word of God. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set towards Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. And they went on. To another village. Amen to this reading of God's holy and divinely inspired word. Uh, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, um, we thank you that all of scripture points us to Christ from opening chapters of Genesis all the way through to the closing chapters of, of Revelation. Lord, they, they speak of the glory of your Son and, and his gracious death for our sins upon the cross. Lord, we, we pray that you would open our eyes so that we might behold wondrous things in your law and here in the Gospels, so that we would be growing in our love for Jesus, and more importantly, Lord, growing in our understanding of Christ's love for us. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, it's tempting for Christians to think of uh, Palm Sunday as an old-style ticker tape parade. Uh, I've never been to a ticker tape parade, uh, but many of them took place there in New York City, about 100 miles south of where I grew up. Uh, when war heroes returned uh, to our country, when the first astronauts safely returned, and then again when New York City sports teams uh, won a championship, crowds from uh, New York City uh, would celebrate with a ticker tape parade down Broadway. Uh, adoring fans and appreciative citizens would uh, lean out windows of tall buildings, uh, toss out uh, cut up paper down upon uh, the recipients of the celebration, but this joyful but then the joyful means of uh, celebration and this joyful journey would end. Uh, the bands would stop and the crowds would dissipate uh, back into their 
office buildings and dwellings. You know, try to picture in your mind's eye that, that first Palm Sunday. You know, it, it's one of those biblical accounts that we hear so often. Um, we take it for granted, and then we can take it casually. You know, but picture, you know, again, in your mind's eye, as Scripture tells us, that Palm Sunday when uh, Jesus journeyed into Jerusalem, riding on a humble donkey that no one had ever ridden before. Luke's account tells us that they threw cloaks on the donkey, and then they also threw cloaks on the road before Jesus. Uh, John's account mentions that they laid, the crowds laid down palm branches uh, before him. Then we hear the cries of the Passover celebration as they shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. You know, from John chapter 12, verse 13, which actually is a reference back to Psalm 118, verses 25 and 26. You know, but this morning, rather than preaching on Jesus' Palm Sunday entrance into Jerusalem, you know, let's return to the reason for our, the gospel reason for our joy. And that is Jesus' resolute journey to Jerusalem and the cross gives Christians redemption joy. You know, what should we know about Jesus' journey to Jerusalem? You know, there's a path, there's a prophecy, and, and finally a purpose. You know, I invite you to keep your Bibles open uh, there to Luke 9.51, the verses there in your bulletin as well. If you were to read through, to put Luke 9.51 into context, if you were to read through all of Luke's gospel in one sitting, uh, you would see there's a, a, a flow, a salvation flow uh, from the narrative of, of Jesus, humble and yet glorious incarnation there in Bethlehem. You know, then it, Luke moves to his gospel ministry in Galilee and now Jesus' journey uh, from Galilee to Jerusalem, and that journey begins here in Luke 9, 51. And then after Jesus arrives in Jerusalem, things become very compact in, in Luke's gospel. You know, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, his betrayal, trials, crucifixion, death, burial, resurrection, his ascension into glory, you know, and so Luke 9.51 is a verse of biblical importance, I believe of gospel importance, in Jesus' ministry of redeeming lost sinners such as you and such as me. You know, three things for us to note in, in this one verse. You know, first, God's sovereignty God's sovereignty, and it came to pass, we read there Luke 9, 51, and it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up. It's God's perfect and providential timing for our salvation in Christ. You, you see that throughout Scripture. You turn to Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, we often read this. 
Uh, at Christ's incarnation, Galatians 4, 4, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law. So just as God sovereignly sent his son, you know, to be born of a woman, born under the law there in a, in a humble manger in Bethlehem, now here God sovereignly is, will be bringing his son, our Savior, to the cross, to his sacrificial and substitutionary death on the cross. You know, it was indeed God's sovereign plan from all eternity to send his son, his one and only son, Jesus, to die for our sins on the cross. Sin is not in control. You know, sin doesn't guide God. God is sovereign over sin. William Hendrickson put it this way. The face of Jesus as revealed in 951, Luke 951, fills us with awe. He is determined to go to Jerusalem in order to lay down his life for his own. You know, God's sovereign plan for the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. You know, but look again, Luke 9:51. We see not only God's sovereignty, but Christ's sacrificial death, that he should be taken up. A lot of discussion as you read through the commentators, two ways that that can be understood. You know, taken up, as in the ascension. You see that word used three times in Acts chapter 1. I'll give you one example, Acts chapter 1, verse 11. After Jesus has ascended, Acts 1, 11, Two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. And yes, that's a, that is a scriptural understanding of that word taken up. Jesus was taken up to the glory of heaven to sit on the throne where he would reign over us and intercede us. You know, but, but consider the scriptural steps that, that preceded Jesus' ascension. You know, his suffering, his sacrificial death for our sins on the cross, his burial. R.C. Sproul reminds us Jesus, quote, Jesus knew that humiliation and suffering was to take place in Jerusalem, that he could not avoid his destiny, that the mission laid up upon him by the Father was at the cross. And so I would submit to you this morning, according to Scripture, a very scripturally... Um, sound way of understanding he was taken up is he was taken up upon the cross of Calvary. You know, that, that was God's sovereign plan for our salvation. And so it was Jesus' sovereign path uh, to Jerusalem. 
But look again. You know, there at 951, we see God's sovereignty, Christ's sacrificial death, but, you know, Christ set face. He set his face to go to Jerusalem. We'll look in a minute at Isaiah 50, 50 verse 7. He set his face like a flint. You know, what does it mean to set your face? You know, there, there's a steadfastness. A firm and faithful face to the finish. You know, Jesus never flinched. Now, going to Jerusalem. Yes, the temple was in the Jerusalem. City of David was in Jerusalem. Guess what else was in Jerusalem? All, all of Jesus' enemies were in Jerusalem. You know, Luke chapter 9, verse 22, that same chapter, Luke 9, verse 22, saying the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. So, so Jesus, you know, followed this sovereign path to Jerusalem fully knowing and we might almost say welcoming, you know, that, that truth that he was going to Jerusalem to die on the cross for our sins. Mount Cold Calvary is just outside the city of Jerusalem. Yes, there were cries of celebration for Christ on that first Palm Sunday in Jerusalem. You know, but they were quickly followed by false accusations, personal attacks, brutal pain, and desertion by his own disciples before they led him away to be crucified. A sovereign path to Jerusalem. You know, sermon prep was a challenge this week few different reasons, but uh, the main reason was just started to uh, prepare, study God's word, think about it, pray about it, and as I began on, on Monday, March the 27th, I can't remember the exact time, but it was early Monday, my, my e-news accounts blew up, you know, with the sad, savage, and sinful shootings you know, of three nine-year-old children. And one of those was the pastor's daughter. Three school staff at Covenant School, at Covenant Presbyterian Church there in Nashville, Tennessee. You know, one of the, the men who died was the janitor, you know, right by the door in which the shooter entered. Another was a substitute teacher, but the third adult killed was the, the headmaster, mistress at the school. All, all good reason to believe that she was running towards the shooter, trying to, to stop him. You know, it said the day started like any other Monday at the school. They would always go to chapel Monday morning, and then they would begin their classes glorifying God in their ed education. You know, and it's easy, 
you know, it's tempting, and even for us as Christians, to say, where, where is our sovereign God in the midst of this sinfulness? You know, in his great and gracious mercy, you know, the Lord sovereignly carried out his sure purpose, you know, of ending the lives of these children. You know, the Lord providentially took them home to heaven immediately. All good reason to believe that that all of them were trusting in the Lord. I couldn't find the exact source of the quote, but uh, I believe it was one of the Puritans who said, the providence of God is a soft pillow for the saints. You know, where would we be, you know, as Christians? You know, if, if we disbelieved, doubted the sovereignty of God, you know, for, for a, a, a terrible, heartbreaking shooting. You know, but we see that, that sovereignty of God here in, in Jesus' life. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, you know, God had his had his planner, had his calendar, you know. He, Jesus, set his face to go to Jerusalem. You know, our Lord Jesus Christ always knew and rejoiced in that gospel certainty that he became flesh, you know, to walk God's sovereign path to the cross for us. You know, a sovereign path to Jerusalem you know, keep your finger there at Luke 9.51, or don't forget where we are. Hear this from Isaiah 50, verse 7. We're thinking not only about a, a sovereign path to Jerusalem, but a, a scriptural prophecy about Christ. You know, hear Isaiah 50, verse 7. But the Lord God helps me, therefore I have not been disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. Very clearly, a, a prophecy about Christ that we read it in Luke 9.51. You know, this is but one verse plucked out of Isaiah's third suffering servant song. It's a scriptural prophecy about our suffering Savior, Jesus. What gospel light does this Old Testament verse from Isaiah 50, verse 7, shine on the New Testament verse of Luke 9, 51? You know, three hopeful truths. Look there at Isaiah 50, verse 7. You know, but the Lord God will help me. Adonai Yahweh. The covenant-keeping God, the faithful God, he's my help, my easer. You know, when I'm doubting, discouraged, depressed, Lord God helps me, therefore I have not been disgraced, not ashamed, not humiliated, not confounded. That same truth is spoken of We're looking around in scripture today. Isaiah 45, verse 17. Isaiah 45, verse 17. 
But Israel is saved by the Lord with everlasting salvation. You shall not be put to shame or confounded to all eternity. That's what sinful men tried to do to Jesus as best they could. You know, to put him to shame, to humiliate him. Putting clothes on him, a crown of thorns upon him, removing that, scourging him, spitting upon him. You know, but it was all in fulfillment of God's prophecy. The Lord God will help me, therefore, back to Isaiah 57, therefore I have set my face like a flint. Unflinching courage, unyielding conviction. You know, why flint? Flint was the hardest stone known in that day. It was such a hard stone that they would sharpen it, and then the sharpened flint would actually be used as a surgical scalpel. It's used again. In Deuteronomy 8.15, in the wilderness, God brought water, not just out of, a, out of a rock, but scripture says a flinty rock. In his commentary on Isaiah, entitled God Delivers, Dr. Derek Thomas wrote this on Isaiah 50, verse 7. Quote, it's only a short step away from Calvary. And despite the difficulty and hostility, the servant resolutely set out for Jerusalem. You know, that's what we celebrate, why we rejoice on Palm Sunday. You know, because where is Jesus headed? You know, he's, he's headed to the cross. He's headed to Good Friday. Nailed to the cross. Suffering for our sins. Buried. I've set my face like a flint. The last part of Isaiah 50 verse 7. And I know that I shall not be put to shame. Reformation study Bible has a helpful note. Not put to shame by defeat. Now the the cross is not a... uh, a place of defeat for Jesus, it's a place of conquest. You know, Christians can faithfully and joyfully celebrate on Palm Sunday because of Christ's triumph over sin and death and the grave. You know, 1 Corinthians 15. You know, love to read these at, at, at funerals when the Lord gives opportunity. 1 Corinthians 15, right there at the end of the chapter. Whole chapter's worth reading. 1 Corinthians 15, 56. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Jesus went to the cross knowing that he would not be put to shame. 
Now turn in your worship bulletin to the last hymn we'll be singing this morning. Man of Sorrows, what a name. It's in our Trinity hymnal. In case you're wondering why we put the words to the hymns in the bulletins, it's so that you can take them home to sing them. Or at very least, just study the words. You know, but, but here, the, the third and the vor- fourth verses, as we have just read Isaiah 50, verse 7. Guilty, vile, and helpless, we, spotless Lamb of God, was he. Full atonement can it be, hallelujah, what a Savior. And now the fourth verse, lifted up, you could say taken up, lifted up, was he to die, it is finished, was his cry. Now in heaven, exalted high, hallelujah, what a savior. You know, this scriptural prophecy about Christ our savior should always prompt us to praise, not only on Palm Sunday, but Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and yes, Resurrection Sunday, but every Sunday is is a reminder of Christ's resurrection from, from the grave for our sins. You know, there's a sovereign path to Jerusalem, a scriptural prophecy about Christ, but finally a salvation purpose for Jesus' life and death. Now let me read just one more verse from one of the gospel accounts concerning uh, Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. And it's again from Luke's gospel, Luke 19, verse 38. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. You know, Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem because it was God's sovereign path for our salvation. It was also to fulfill scriptural prophecy. You know, but he ultimately journeyed to Jerusalem, not not just to receive the adoring the accolades of the adoring crowds, but to reconcile sinful men, women, and children to their glorious God, you know, to make gospel peace between a holy God and us as unholy, unrighteous, and unworthy sinners. You know, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But but here comes the Lord Jesus Christ. Peace in heaven. He comes to bring peace. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. That's good news. A great question that Christians can ask themselves, you know, every Palm Sunday, every Sunday, every morning, you know, is this, Lord, what's your purpose for my life today? Just to get up, you know, get dressed, eat, go to work, clean, 
do chores. You know, we know the Lord has numbered our days. You know, one day soon we will all take our final breath here or the Lord will carry us home to glory. Um, Win-win, 